1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, you saw Toy Story for this weekend. Give us a 30-second review. Hilarious.
0: A little bit more action. Less heart-tuggy. Go see.
1: Okay, good. Uh, I'm excited to go see it this weekend. That's perfect. Um, All right, so coming up on today's show, we are going to do a fun little exercise. We are going to name the Cowboys all-decade team from 2010 – 2019. I know we still have a season left in the decade, but I don't think things are going to change too much, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, Landon, I want to start with the quarterback position, and it really comes down to obviously just two players, Tony Romo, Dak Prescott. Who did you choose for your all-decade quarterback?
0: Well, Matt Castle really came in and made an a, a impression on me. And <laughs> no, um, uh, I, I, you know, look, I, I think the the thing here is that uh, the obvious answer is Tony Romo. Um, I, but I think that we need to give Dak a conversation here because there is still one more season left in this all decade, and uh, if Dak puts up one more season. You know, comparable to 2016 or, or or you know the better parts of what we saw in 2018. Um, I mean, I think he's very much in this conversation with Tony Romo as well. I mean, because we're talking about the decade from 2010 on, and, and and frankly, Romo had two or three really good years. Uh, you know, I would say 2012 specifically, and uh, and another one in there as well.
1: Um, yeah. But
0: I, I think most of the best of his work came before 2009. You know, and so I think uh, that's really where my argument lies is that. This, I mean, if we're doing a 2000 to 2009, it's pretty clear that obviously Tony was the only quarterback there, but I also think that that's the bulk of his best years. And I think all it would take for Dak to have caught up at this point is one more really solid year, especially if they make the playoffs and, and you know, make some noise in the playoffs uh, for him to not, not only be in the conversation with Tony, but potentially. Uh, usurp him before right right at the end of of the of the decade.
1: Yeah, this is why I don't think it's very close. I, th- I think it's Romo. Uh, Romo currently has about nearly nine thousand more passing yards in, in the decade. Romo threw one hundred and forty one touchdowns. Prescott's sitting at sixty seven. Uh, you know the passer rating Romo is at ninety eight. Prescott's at ninety six. Uh, So there's just a pretty big gap in terms of just raw stats. And even if you look at like fourth quarter comebacks, game winning drives, as good as Prescott has been in his three seasons at doing that kind of stuff. uh, Romo was just so good throughout the decade. Uh, Romo started 73 games. Prescott's going to be not quite there. He's probably going to be in the low sixties by the end of this year, but it's close, but I still have to give it to Romo Uh, real quick trivia question for you, Landon. After Roman Prescott, who has the next most passing yards for the Cowboys this decade? I'm going to guess Brandon Whedon. Ooh, he is the fifth, actually. John Kitna, Matt Castle. John Kitna, 2,400 passing yards for the Cowboys. Not not terrible. Passer rating of 87. Wow. Oh, he was Kitna, actually, yeah. He's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, good to, little debate. Let's go ahead and move on to another position. Running backs... Uh, really, a two-horse race: Ezekiel Elliott, DeMarco Murray. Which side did you land on, Landon?
0: Um, I I didn't land on one. I, I chose both. I mean, <laughs> I, you, I, that's I, cheap. I, you I think we both. constructed our all-decade team differently? Why not? You can't have two running backs in the in the in the in the mm. offense. Why not? How many how many wide receivers did you choose? Two. I you know I cho- I chose. I chose two, and so I. I well, okay. Well, the, I guess I don't know. I I chose two because I, I felt like that's fine. I don't know. Like, if I, if you're making me choose one, I, I'll choose Zeke. I guess I mean, obviously over over Mark Murray, but I, I think Murray warrants a, a, an inclusion here. He he played incredibly well for at different points during the during the decade. So I, I did include both, but. You know, call me a cheater or however you want to do it. (laughs) But I thought that it was his play, you know, warranted an inclusion of a second running back. And you see that in all pro, you know, lists all the time.
1: As you know, my favorite thing in the entire world is to decide which running backs matter and which ones don't, and which ones are good and which ones are bad. Uh, So making me decide between Ezekiel Elliott and DeMarco Murray is, "Mm, it's all right. In terms of overall stats, they're going to be pretty close. Elliott should surpass him by the end of the season. Uh, Murray (laughs) finished the the decade with 28 rushing touchdowns with the Cowboys, 4,500 yards. Elliott's sitting at right over 4,000 right now, 28 touchdowns. Uh, I've got Elliott just because I think he is the the more explosive, the more complete back. Uh, I, I think... I think Murray, as good as he was, was more of a product of a fantastic passing game, one of the best offensive lines we've ever seen. And while you could make the same argument for Elliott, uh, I I think it's a little bit of a lesser degree. Um, After Murray and Elliott in terms of rushing yards, the next highest rusher in the Cowboys during the decade, Felix Jones. It feels like forever since Felix Jones played for the Cowboys, but ran for 1,700 yards this decade. Mm. Uh, And then Darren McFadden and then Dak Prescott. Poor Joseph Randall sitting at number six. Um, let's go ahead and move to receivers. I think the, f- <laughs> the first one is pretty easy. Uh, Des Bryant was fantastic for the entire decade uh, until he got hurt. Uh, but I think we're going to have an argument as to who the second receiver should be. So after Des, who is your other receiver on the all-decade team, Lena?
0: I put Terrence Williams. No, you uh, didn't. No, yes, you didn't. I did.
1: Because look,
0: I, I think if you look at, at, at a lot of the stats, he's he's better than he had a better uh, career in certain aspects than than uh, than Cole Beasley did.
1: Um, slightly think, more receiving yards. Slightly.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I think they are, they're similar on touchdowns. I just feel like, look, I mean. I probably would have put Cole Beasley if I didn't know that you put Cole Beasley, (laughs) but I think that it's, again, I think this is worth an uh, an argument because I think they are very close. And I also think that Cole Beasley got a lot of, uh, he's just constantly remembered fondly. I mean, because for a lot of different reasons. And I understand that Terrence Williams had a very inauspicious ending to his career here. Um, but I, I, I just think that his what he did here shouldn't be discounted just because because of that. I think he you know some of the biggest plays the Cowboys had in the last decade uh, in, involved Terrence Williams, and so I just think he, his inclusion here is is worthy. And I think he uh, was a guy who was constantly underappreciated while he was here.
1: Um, I had Cole Beasley as my second receiver, but I'm actually going to change that kind of on the fly right now. Um, Cole Beasley had a hunt, play start, actually not started. He played in 103 games for the Cowboys, 3,200 yards, 23 touchdowns. But the guy that I'm actually going to put opposite of Dez is Miles Austin. Uh, while he was yeah, banged up a too. lot and really, and yeah, he really broke out in 2009, uh, Austin still played 53 games for the Cowboys this, this decade 2,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, averaged over 53 yards a game. Uh, no other receiver other than Dez averaged more. Uh, when Miles Austin was at his peak, and we didn't see it very long, but you can make a case that he was one of the five, six best receivers in the league from 2009 to 2011. Uh, you know, we really never get to see Dez and Miles Austin healthy together in the same field at the same time. Uh, but I was always a big, big fan of Miles Austin. So I'm going to put him as my number two receiver. We'll move Cole Beasley to his natural spot as the number three, and I like that wide receiver core. Well, um, you know, the thing is, is that there's also, like, Two other guys. I mean, it really
0: depends on what you're talking about for the all-decade team. Because if you're talking about how they performed for the Cowboys over the decade, that's one thing. If you're talking about, you know, individual seasons within that decade, sure. I think. Uh, laurent has got a. Uh, uh, Robinson's yeah. got a, a an argument to be made. You know the debate games, to be made. Eight
1: hundred fifty-eight
0: yards, eleven touchdowns in one I, season. I mean that's pretty impressive. So you know I, I think it's, it all depends on what you're kind of the semantics of what you think we're we're putting this down for. But I, I think one thing you could say is it looks like the Cowboys had pretty decent receiver play th- th- in the last decade.
1: I'm looking just at like the the decade long stats. It's hard to believe that. Michael Gallup's gonna pass Roy Williams in receiving yards by the next game. Like <sighs> that trade, wow. th- th- that trade still bothers me. But um, moving on, we'll go do tight ends next. Uh, a- a- huh. Any debate? Any debate here? Nope. You want to put let's Gavin just, Escobar? Let's just
0: move along. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, yeah, we got Jason Witten there. I
0: think we could probably move along left tackle too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean. I was a big fan of Jeremy Parnell for a while when he, I think he started one game at left tackle. But no, mm-hmm. I, think, I think we're pretty good there. Uh, I'll go ahead and do my offensive line really quickly, and you can, you can I make think a that, suggestion.
0: I think they're probably the same, to be fair. Right. But go uh, ahead.
1: Uh, uh, my offensive linemen are Tyron Smith, Ronald Leary, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Doug Free. I thought a little bit about putting Lyell at right tackle, but I think Doug Free was, uh, his peak was better than Lyell. So uh, any arguments there across the offensive line? Absolutely
0: not, and frankly, it's not even really that close with Lyle and Doug Free yet. I, maybe he plays at that level this year, which I I, I could see, uh, and I think he kind of got there at some points last year. But Doug Free, you, you want to talk about the all underappreciated players team? Uh, he's probably the oh, captain.
1: Oh yeah, um, I was actually watching some of the Cowboys 2000. I think it was 2011 season. Uh, and some of the starters on the offensive line even that year were pretty ridiculous. Like, I remember uh, Phil Costa started some games. Yep. remember Montre Holland started course, for a while. Of Kyle course, of uh, Bill Nagy started a game against the Lions. Uh, you had Sam Young on the roster. So it's kind of amazing how far we've come with some of these offensive linemen. Um, let's go ahead and move to defense. Uh, the way that I decided to do this is I'm breaking it down to interior defensive lineman and edge uh, because we've actually had the Cowboys play both a four three and a three four in this mm-hmm. decade. Um, for interior defensive linemen, this one was tricky for me. I had a couple different names I- in there, including David Irving, who you know obviously had the talent to be you know one of the best defensive linemen on this entire you know entire decade. But I finished with Tyrone Crawford and Jason Hatcher. Jason Hatcher didn't play a ton in the decade, uh, but for a couple seasons, man, he was a, a fantastic three technique. Uh, who do you have for your interior defensive lineman? I I, I did the
0: same. I, I mean, ha- I think it's hard to argue against Hatcher, despite even despite you know limited time there, because of you know what he did. He still is the last person uh, to get double-digit sacks from the interior yep. for the Cowboys, which is an incredible feat. It's really not easy to do. A lot of people in the league haven't done it in the last ten years. So right. Um, yeah i I think it's it's a hatcher's obvious pick there uh and crawford just i mean i think because you could put him in there i think you put him in there though i think a good portion of his production in the last decade has come on on the outside as well so um yeah i think i think those are probably the two deserving candidates
1: I thought about Jay Ratliff for a, for a second, but I kind of remember his you best know, football was really like in 2008, yeah, 2009. It, exactly. It, it kind of started to decline a little bit. But.
0: That's the that's the interesting thing here, really, is that t- it feels like 2009 was such a, a turning point for the, the roster on this team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, that's so interesting that you see some of the guys that held over, even the guys that made it past 2009 were of that previous generation. Their best football usually wasn't on the other side of 2009. So a lot of these guys like that played in that were from that previous era yeah they were in the 2010s but that wasn't the era of their best football
1: right um I was going through the all just all the final rosters for this Cowboys team um by you know by each year uh and this this unit kind of jumped out at me really quick I'm just going to read some of these names this is the final Defensive lineman on the Cowboys roster in 2013. Uh, oh, listen man. to this group, Landon. Are you ready? Ugh. Everett Brown, Jason Hatcher, Nick Hayden, Corey Irvin, Edgar Jones, Frank Curse, George Selvey, Martez Wilson, Jerry Swin.
0: Unbelievable. I mean, George Selby is the na- is a named name player on that line. Like that's ridiculous.
1: Isn't that crazy that that's the that's the defensive line the Cowboys had by the end of the 2013 season, and yet people still want to blame Romo for not getting into the playoffs. But that's oh, a different story. On. Different Jeez. story for a different day. Um, Let's go ahead and do edge rushers. I think. I this mean, to be pretty... fair,
0: they couldn't afford defensive linemen because of Romo's contract. But no, no, it was Kyle that's Wharton's neither contract here nor there, right?
1: right? Yeah, it was Kyle Orton. He's getting like seven million. The <laughs> yeah, <whole laughs> sure. Um, edge rushers. I, I think this is going to be pretty easy. I think it's the Demarcus's. Where yep. Lawrence, both of them are fantastic. Any arguments there?
0: Nope. There's not even really anyone close.
1: No, the only guy that I thought about putting on there was Anthony Spencer was okay during that. but time even then he's like he's like at half as many sacks. I mean, he's at oh, yeah.
0: him and Tyrone Crawford are actually
1: like right on neck and neck. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah, it, it's like, pretty close. I mean, I remember Spencer had the really good 2012 season. I think he had double digit sacks, and then it, I think the Cowboys. There was that one season where
0: they both had double digit sacks. It was like, a, a, and, and no one really noticed. Like, yeah. I think it was because Demarcus Lawrence ends up being hurt a lot of that year. But yeah, it's pretty amazing.
1: Well, you know what's crazy is the Cowboys franchise Spencer after the 2012 season. He never started another game in the NFL after being franchised. Actually, and he got franchised twice, which was kind of hard to believe. He got a micro in 2011, 2011. Ended up
0: at, He ended up in New Orleans for like a cup of coffee, yeah. right? But never played, right? Yeah. It,
1: it, no, it never played. Nope. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on to linebackers because I'm struggling here. I, the one is clear it, it's Sean Lee, who, despite all the injuries, has been a fantastic linebacker. Drafted in 2010, uh, multiple Pro Bowls. Help me out, though, Landon. Who is the other linebacker that deserves to be on the all-decade team here? Oh,
0: I mean, I think it's... Look,
1: it's Anthony Hitchens.
0: I mean, come on. Like, he... he like Okay, there's, well,
1: this, is, this is a good debate. I can't wait. Let's do this. But,
0: there, but there, I don't think he's necessarily great or, or you know, uh, all-decade worthy. I, I just think that he's the most... you, you got to put a guy in there, and he's the most obvious choice. Like... I, 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 think I, I think I'm I think on your side that you're about to argue that he is not good enough to be on an all-decade team. I, I'm not going to dismiss that, and I'm not going to really argue against that. And, and if you would allow me to base this stuff, like if I would, would be able to put Laurent Robinson in there... I would put Leighton Van Der Esch in there. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I, I, if it was, if we could do this based on a single season within that decade, I might, <laughs> I might have Leighton Van Der Esch put in there just because I think his value last season was more than all of Anthony Hitchens' seasons combined. But uh, I, I think that since we're kind of doing this based on you know impact on the 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 whole ten year period or you know career during that section, he, he wasn't great. But he was a solid linebacker, and he played yeah. a lot for us when you needed him, especially in a, in a time when Anthony, when Sean Lee, who was a uh, you know, top twenty player in the league when, at, when he was healthy, was hurt a lot. Uh, so I think Anthony Hitchens, uh, it wasn't flashy, um, but he came in and, and provided solid snaps for for quite a few seasons, and I think that's probably uh, you know probably enough for me to get him on the team, at least on my team.
1: Yeah. I struggle with this one because Anthony Hitchens was solid for three and a half years, um, but where do you rank that in terms of guys that had really good one-year seasons? Like I, I would argue that Rolando McClain's 2014, yeah, 2014 season was more valuable than Anthony Hitchens' four-year career in Dallas. Or same with Leighton Van Dresh or Jalen Smith. Um, just another guy that I, I kind of wrote down that I thought was interesting. Uh, Justin Durant had a couple different students sure. for the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, and he was he was fine, but probably Hitchens was the better player. I think you're probably right, but this is kind of shows you what held the Cowboys back this year. It, it, not this year, excuse me. Through this decade is whenever Sean Lee wasn't available, they just didn't have a lot of talent at the position, and that killed them in multiple seasons. I'm thinking of 2012, 2013, where... You know, Sean Lee's not healthy. They're throwing out guys like Ernie Sims and Alex Albright and, you know, those type of players, Ori Lemon, to fill to fill that spot. It just never worked out. Um, let's go ahead and move on to cornerbacks. And, again, this is another one I think we're going to have some healthy debate. Uh, I put Brandon Carr and Orlando Skandrick on my list. Who do you have, Landon? <sighs>
0: This is uh, this, <laughs> so I put Brandon Carr in there. I, I think, look, I mean, say what you will about Carr. Started every game he was here. Solid player, incredible locker room guy. Never uh, lived up
1: to his contract, but he yeah, was, but he was but, a really good player though.
0: Yeah, but still the kind of guy that you put on this kind of list just because of all the things he did. Right, like, still playing well. Yeah, it's still playing well. It's a very impressive, very impressive person, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Terrence Newman in here. And let me explain why. Like we, because, and listen to this freaking stat. <laughs> Terrence Newman is still the Cowboys leader in defensive back interceptions for the decade. Even though he only played in two seasons for the Cowboys in this decade, <laughs> he had five interceptions in 2010 and four interceptions in 2011. The two year, the only two years he played for the Cowboys. Those uh, in this decade, I mean, those two years combined for nine interceptions, which make him the defensive back leader in interceptions for the decade. So guess what, Terrence Newman, come on down you're my cornerback uh, to for the All-Decade team, and frankly, it's not so much that you earned it as much as no one else took it <laughs> away from you, to be honest. And, yeah. and I, Orlando Skandrick, I, I can see that. Uh, you know, I, I struggled with this, but I, I just think that Newman is <laughs> Newman's more the guy that I, I feel like is deserving of this list.
1: I'm never going to argue against Terrence Newman. He's one of my favorite players of all time. I'm not a... I, I, I've never been somebody who like, wears jerseys all the time, but he's one of the few players that I've ever bought a jersey from, or bought a jersey even more because I mm-hmm. love him so much. Uh, he played in 30 games in a decade and had more uh, interceptions than Terrence, than uh, Orlando Skander had in his entire career, which is <laughs> still kind of hard to believe. Um, More touchdowns, more forced fumbles, more pass deflections. I mean, just absolutely incredible. Um, I won't argue much there. I think you can also throw in Byron Jones if you want to consider him a cornerback. I'm considering him a a, a safety, and that's why he's on my list as a free safety. And then the other safety that I have is Barry Church. Uh, Any arguments there?
0: I put in Byron Jones as a defensive back. I I put him him as a DB because I think he deserves to be on this list, especially with – what he did previously, and then capped by what he did last year, I think that's definitely uh, all decade worthy to me. Mm-hmm. And then I put in Gerald Sensabaugh as my safety.
1: Really, that's an. It- I kind of forgot about Sensabaugh. That's a yeah.
0: I mean, I just think that if you look back at what you know, he had like three good years of production. I think his production was. Better and more valuable than Barry Church's. I think Barry Church was just a was a captain. You know, was more vocal, was more liked generally because he was more well known uh, by the Cowboys. Because I think he may have been more uh, camera ready. You know, I, was, I yeah. think he's yeah, he's he, he clearly has a as a career in, in broadcasting. I think after sure. this, uh, but I think if you look back at play and especially with dealing with what he had around him. I thought Gerald Sensabaugh was a very solid safety and played well for the, for this team. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, w- when you go back and you look at the actual stats and you sort them by the decade, like a PFR and stuff, it, it's shocking to me how many safeties had better stats than Barry Church did, <laughs> despite yeah. the fact that Barry Church played, like, you know three times as many games like JJ uh, Wilcox had similar pass deflections and interceptions than Barry Church
1: I, I think for me the thing was how many safeties this team has gone through in the decade uh, I mean yeah. it's just been it's been ridiculous between Oh, I mean, I can remember Kwasi Awusu-Ansu or K-Kwazi Matt Johnson. Kwasi
0: Awusu-Ansa. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, there you go. I, I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, Brodney Poole and Barry Church and Gerald Sensabae. And it just seems like the names go. I, I remember Danny McRae started for a while for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And then you have Jeff Heath. And remember, Dakar uh, Hamilton, I remember a lot of people were excited about for a while here in Dallas. So
0: Ken Hamilton, uh, too.
1: Ken Hamlin, yeah, that's another one. Hamlin, I yeah, got, that's right, yeah. I remember they brought over Will Allen from Pittsburgh in New York, and they thought that mm-hmm. was going to be a move that worked out. So, uh, the, the, to say the Cowboys have kind of struggled at the safety position for the last couple uh, couple seasons <laughs> might be an understatement. They, who
0: was that guy that? <laughs> who was that guy that they got? who they brought in, like, late in the training camp, and, like, Jason Witten sunned him so bad on the first day that, like, he... I think they cut him, like, three days later. I can't even remember. I Do got, you remember that? What, what year was it? I think it was... It It wasn't Ben Wickery, but it was someone whose name sounds similar to Ben Wickery, I think. Like, uh, I think it was 2015, maybe? 2014, 2015? I just remember he <laughs> showed up in a... And like I was at camp, and the like the first day they did like one on ones, and he and he and Witten toasted him, toasted him, and Witten screamed so loud that everyone at training camp could hear. Get this mother effing person scrub off the field. He doesn't deserve (laughs) to be on the field. It wasn't Corey White, was it? No, I don't think it was. Oh God! I wish I could. We'll have, to, we'll have to
1: try to see if we can figure that. that that's was, a great story. It was
0: so funny it's though. A great story. Everybody started busting up. Anyways. Right.
1: Finishing up this list, I, I didn't even really look at kickers and punters, but is there any one specialist that stood out in your mind? Even if it could be a, a special teams player. I mean, I've kind of got one that I just like to name, but I would uh, put. It,
0: I mean, I mean LP obviously. Then, sure. uh, then I would say probably you know money, Dan Dan. Uh, Dan Bailey. Uh, Dan Bailey, and then, uh, I, you know, I'd probably put Mbryer,
1: Okay, maybe. Um, I, the other, other guy I was going to mention is Dwayne Harris, because when Dwayne Harris was sure. here in Dallas, uh, he was a really good kick returner, punt returner, did a little it's bit of everything for, for the Cowboys. a good special team player, yeah. Yeah, I, I can kind of remember him winning, uh, not really winning, but uh, putting them in the position to beat Pittsburgh in 2012. He had a long return that set up a field goal. Um, big fan of Dwayne Harris. So that is a, our all-decade team. I'll run through it really quickly. Uh, I had Tony Romo, you had Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Des Bryant, uh, I had Miles Austin, you had Terrence Williams, Jason Witten, Tyron Smith, Ronald Leary, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Doug Free, Jason Hatcher, Tyrone Crawford, Demarcus Ware, Demarcus Lawrence, Sean Lee, Anthony Hitchens, Terrence Newman, Brandon Carr, I had Alain Skandrick, Byron Jones, I had Barry Church, and you had Gerald Sensabaugh. Not a bad decade. It's not surprising that the Cowboys were competitive for most of the decade as long as their quarterbacks were healthy. Um, You know, just a pretty good roster the Cowboys had. Um, Really quickly, Landon, who was your pick for head coach of the decade for the Cowboys? Wade Phillips,
0: Garrett? Well, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, I just, you know, he's coming in here with all these brand new ideas. I mean, Uh, and hope springs eternal. So we should just, I mean, we should, you know, definitely just go ahead and really put this guy up on a high pedestal before he's ever coached an NFL game. Uh, Oh, yeah, I would say probably Jason Garrett. Yeah,
1: that hurts. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. (laughs) Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.